0: We are going to begin a new book of the Bible today, and we're going to complete the book of the Bible today, unlike the past several months where we went through Hebrews from beginning to end, which took a minute. So turn with me in your Bibles to Jude. It's the book right before Revelation, so it's the end of your Bible, and it should make it easy to find. And say amen when you get there. John's there. (laughs) Okay. You there, James? All right. We may begin. Jude is a half-brother of Jesus. And the other person, the other brother of Jesus, or half-brother of Jesus that wrote a book in the Bible was James. And these are both pretty cool books of the Bible. And the way he introduces the... The letter in verse one is Jude, a servant of Jesus Christ and brother of James. It's kind of interesting that here he is the half-brother of Jesus, and he doesn't play the family card. Because nowadays we like to, you know, if if we want, you know, the the good seats or the good place in line, you know, we we throw out the who you know card, don't we? Hey, you know old so-and-so. He's my cousin. He's my brother. He's my half-brother. I say, oh yeah, well come up here to the front. James, uh, Jude doesn't do that. Neither did James for that matter. But Jude says, he's, you know, he, he identifies with his other half-brother. And I don't, anybody in here got brothers? Anybody in here like it when your brother gets more attention than you? No. Now, I don't want to be brother, my brother's named James. so I don't, I don't want to be the brother of Jim. You know, Jim's the brother of Bill. Because, of course, it's all about me, right? And that's how we usually think of ourselves. You know, you know I'm, I'm the one that's, you know, you're talking to me. So to those who are called, this is who he's writing this letter to, to those who are called beloved in God the Father and kept for Jesus Christ, may mercy, peace, and love be multiplied to you. Anybody need some of that mercy, peace, and love multiplied in your life? Oh, amen. Come on. And though he starts his letter in verse 3, Beloved, although I was very eager to write to you about our common salvation, I found it necessary to write appealing to you to contend for the faith that was once for all delivered to the saints. So breaking that down, Jude had intended to write about something entirely different than what he wrote about. He wanted to talk about the commonality of their salvation. He wanted to talk about the gospel of Jesus, his half-brother, which really didn't matter because he was the Savior of all of us. And Jude wanted to, to fellowship in writing and give encouragement and receive encouragement from the people he was writing to. But something happened that made him change course. And that's why he says what he did. I wanted to write to you about that, but I found it necessary to write appealing to you to contend for the faith that was once for all delivered to the saints. Contend means to fight for. The faith that was once and for all delivered to the saints. This message this gospel that we receive from Jesus, that we receive in, 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 in our Bible, this is, this is not added to you know, what we have here is complete. From Genesis to Revelation, this is all we need. We don't need anything else. And people smarter than me have figured it out, which, which of these books are inspired by the Holy Spirit. And that's why we have this Bible intact today from going way, way back. And we can either believe every word in here or we cannot. For certain people have crept in unnoticed who long ago were designated for this condemnation. Ungodly people who pervert the grace of our God into sensuality and deny our only Master and Lord Jesus Christ. In Second Peter 2, Peter warns of a time when apostates, people that have rejected the faith, even to the point of preaching a false gospel, would enter into the fellowship of believers. 2 Peter 2, that's where you can read that. Jane, Jude, man, I'm getting these brothers mixed up. It's okay, I get my grandkids mixed up too. And they don't all start with a ja. Jude is, Peter warned, it's happened in Jude's time. Jude has seen the evidence of these false prophets, false teachers, apostates, sneaking in and becoming a part of the body of Christ. And he doesn't like them very much, nor should we. These ungodly people who pervert the race of our God into sensuality and deny our only Master and Lord Jesus Christ. He says, Now I want to remind you, although you once fully knew it, that Jesus who saved a people out of the land of Egypt... Notice he didn't say Moses. Jesus who saved a people out of the land of Egypt Three kinds of people have received the judgment of God. The Egyptians, or the the Israelites who fled from Egypt, a bunch of them did not believe. We'll talk about their judgment in a little while. Angels from heaven left their place and received their punishment. We'll talk about them. So we've got the Israelites, we've got the angels, and then Sodom and Gomorrah. Those would be the Gentiles. That covers all of creation. It covers the angels, the Hebrews, and the Gentiles. Go with me on that? Verse 8. Yet in like manner, these people, these people also, relying on their dreams, defile the flesh, reject authority, and blaspheme the glorious ones. But when the archangel Michael, contending with the devil, was disputing about the body of Moses, he did not presume to pronounce blasphemous judgment, but said, The Lord rebuke you. See, too many times we want to get into a fight that's really not our fight. One of my favorite songs is The Battle Belongs to the Lord. And if the battle belongs to the Lord and I'm doing the fighting, I'm kind of, you know, making myself in the general's position. When, when there's something that's, that's more powerful than me or something that I don't understand, I have God to fight for me. And so... Michael, an archangel, he refused to, to, to duke it out one-on-one with Satan. What he did was he called on God. He said, the Lord rebuke you. He used God's power to win that battle. We can't win the battles in our own strength. We cannot. There are some little battles, skirmishes we might can do okay in. But where, where we ought to rely, where we should rely, where we're called to rely is on the power and the presence of an almighty God. Y'all with me on that? Because if God is with us, who can be against us? I think it says that somewhere in here. Hmm. Verse 10, But these people blaspheme all that they do not understand, and they are destroyed by all that they, like unreasoning animals, understand instinctively. So you get people these people, these apostates, these people that are sneaking in like wolves in sheep's clothing, and they get these weird ideas. And I'm saddened to see that, that there are a lot of weird ideas in a lot of churches in this country today, particularly TV kind of churches. You hear some really, really not scriptural stuff from some of those. And we are called to, to test to test what's being taught to us, to test what's being told. When I come up here, when I, whatever I say out of here and in my interpretation of it, you know, I've, I've done a lot of studying, a lot of praying, but do not take my word for it for any man who stands before you breaking over the scriptures. You search and look at, look at it yourself. That's your job as a member of the body of Christ. Don't take any man's word standing in front of you. We're fallible, we are not Jesus. We did not die on a cross for your sins. But we can trust that the Word of God is true. And when you don't understand something, that's also another time to dig down in there. And if you still don't understand, guess what? That's a time to have a conversation. I hate that word conversation. It's been misused so horribly lately. Have a talk with somebody that you trust. Somebody whose life shows fruit. We talk about the fruits of the Spirit. We talk about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We talk about the gifts of the Spirit. And, and I'm segueing off, off topic a little bit, but it's important. When you become a Christian, when you come into fellowship with God, when you come into relationship with Jesus Christ, the one fruit of the Spirit that everybody gets is love. Because if you don't have love, then you don't have Jesus. That is the main Gifting of the Holy Spirit. So you can say, oh, well, I love everybody except for fill in the blank. As Christians, we can't do that. We are called to love our neighbor as ourself. We are called to love each other. We're called to demonstrate that love. You know, to. Just like any family. This is this is just a large family. And there's people that get sideways with other members of family. And the thing is, you know, family's a place where at the end of the day they've got to they gotta take you home. Am I right? I've had I've had a child that left home, and guess what? You know, when they're young and gone the first time, they fly back to the nest for a little while because the feathers weren't quite ready to fly yet. Sometimes as as young Christians or new Christians, we We leave the nest a little bit early, and here we welcome you always. We always welcome you back because that's the love of Christ that lives in us that makes that possible. Now, do we approve of everything you did when you were flying away? No. I didn't hear it. (laughs) I love it. All right, we're going to move on then. <laughs> uh, but these apostate, the apostates, these, these wolves and sheep clothing, they come in and they spread. They spread these ideas that just they're, they're they're not of God. And the way we can tell when something's not of God, if it causes division in the body. God's not about division; He's about us being. One. If I do it that that's two. He's about us just being one, one in the spirit, one in the love. And so this is man, the biggest killer in church bodies today is is the G sin. Gossip. Man, I hate gossip. And I've and I've told so many stories. I talk about it so much, but I talk about it because it's so insidious, because it starts out as something innocent. We need to pray for Ryan because of so-and-so. We need to pray for Ryan anyway. Because he's coughing and he's got to sing some more. But no, we need to pray, pray for one another, not talk about one another. If there is no, I worked for a guy once. And he owned a, a car dealership and I worked for one of his subsidiaries. And I was in his office and then one of his other guys came in and he said Mike you've got to do something about so-and-so because he came in it was the maintenance guy you got to do something about the maintenance guy because he came in to change a plug out in my office and he stunk so bad I thought I was gonna lose my lunch and Mike said well we'll fix this right now and he hit the intercom that went over the entire business and said Ryan I'm gonna make up his name Ryan come to Mike's office come to Mike's office and so he came to Mike's office and so the guy complaining, and then the maintenance guy comes in. Mike says, tell him about that time you stunk, he stunk so bad that you were going to throw up. How's that for putting two people together? A little harsh sounding? And guess what? It taught that manager a lesson. Don't go around talking about other people and expecting somebody else to, to help you with your issue with it. Wow, I had a really brilliant thought at 3.30 this morning. i got to look it up. This is what God does to me. I've told you all that. Yeah, 3.30 this morning. Bless God. I had a phone by the bed where I could write this down. Sometimes when, I'm going to use it on me, I don't like something about somebody, and I'll pray for God to change them. Anybody else guilty of that? Me and Stephanie. I don't like something. And so I said, God, you got to change that person. And then the word of the Lord came to me in my sleepy state, said, If you spot it, you got it. The thing that I dislike in others is a thing that is either in me or it's, there's a seed of that that could come out given the proper fertilization and watering. Anything that we don't like about our brothers and our sisters, or the world even, you know, I just hate when that happens. You know, the way we recognize that is because that seed, that, the seed of that thing, that evil, that iniquity is in us. And so I'm not called to pray for that person to change. I'm called to pray for me to change. God, take that thing out of me and help me to show love for that person. That's my prayer, y'all. It's none of my business how you are. It's all my business how I am. And if I get right with God, I'm going to say this again. What other people think about me is none of my business. What other people think about you is none of your business. Unless you're doing wrong, then it could be their business. But if you're right with God and you're trying to walk in the way that God would have you walk, care what the world thinks. I hope they think I'm throwed off and crazy, because I am. I'm I'm committed day by day. This past three months has been such a huge learning experience for me, you know, walking through the book of Hebrews with you guys. And if y'all got nothing out of it, it's okay, because I got a lot out of it. Verse 11, moving right along. Woe to them, for they walked in the way of Cain and abandoned themselves for the sake of gain and abandoned themselves in the wake of gain to Balaam's error and perished in Korah's rebellion. These are three things that that happened where people disobeyed God. Uh, Woe to them. For they walked in the way of Cain. Remember we talked about Cain a few weeks ago? Killed his brother Abel. Cain was the farmer and he didn't present present a blood sacrifice for the sins. He presented a grain offering. And God had apparently predetermined to them what kind of offering he would accept. And Cain's was not acceptable and he got all mad and killed his brother. Abel's blood cries out to this day, the Bible tells us. Then, to Balaam's error, Now, Balaam is in the Old Testament. I didn't write down exactly where, but I, but I read it. And this guy is in it for the money. He was paid to give bad advice to the Hebrew people, to the Israel people. He was, he was paid by an enemy king. To get prostitutes to come in and seduce the people of Israel, for cash, and he was supposed to be a prophet of God. So there's your love of money, people. And then there's those that perished in Korah's rebellion. That's in Numbers 16, I think. And and this, they're out in the wilderness, Moses and all the people he rescued out of Egypt. And this is really a really cool, ver- you know, chapter that you could read. And this guy named Korah, and he's got his following. And he says to Moses, why in the world, you know, what makes you so muchy-muchy? We're as entitled to lead the people as you are. And Moses, whoa. You guys get over here, away from the tent a little bit, and everybody's on my side, you get back because God's fixing to do a thing. And you know what the thing is that God did? You know, Wayne. He opened up the ground and swallowed them up. For disobeying God, for, for disobeying and disrespecting God's chosen ones. Okay, talking about these people, these, these people, these apostates, there are hidden reefs. Anybody ever been in the ocean? Even a lake, there's stuff you can be driving along in your boat and boom, you hit something. Hidden reef. <laughs> hidden hidden something. Many years ago, I was on Lake Fort Phantom, and the water was getting low like it probably is now. And we were just minding our own business, fishing. And a couple of young people in a a regular boat, not anything fancy, come blasting across through the lake. And what they don't realize, they hadn't seen the lake when it was really low. There was a sandbar there that was about this far under the water. And we knew it because we were fishing around the edge of it. And these guys go blasting by there, and their boat hits that sandbar, and those guys went out of the boat. They were okay, but they learned about the sandbar. But that's how people that sneak in, you know, the the evildoers, the apostates, the liars, sneak into the church. You know, they're just under the surface. It looks like it's, it's a good lake to drive over, but it's treacherous underneath. He's got a lot of nice things to say about, about them. He said, at your love feasts, as they feast with you without fear, shepherds feeding themselves. That's our potluck dinner. They come in and they, they get their own little clicks and they and they whisper in the ears of those that will listen, you know, the you know, the elders aren't doing this right, or the praise band's not doing this right, or did you know so-and-so is doing this, or so-and-so is doing that. And we're humans, and, and so we go home we tell our, our, our families, Did you know that the elders are doing this, or the praise team's doing that, or so-and-so's doing this? Mike, tell me about that time that this guy stunk so bad you're going to lose your lunch. That's what we need to do in those situations. When somebody comes in whispering something that this causes disunity in the body, let's call them in find out when, you know, let's get this together. Let's get this together, y'all. We are all one in the spirit. We're all one in love. We're all one in unity. And we can't be doing that if we allow anybody to cause any division in this body. Can you have a difference of opinion? Yes, you can. And that's what discussion is for. But a difference of opinion is between two people with opinions. Am I right? My difference of opinion is not to be shared with you, 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 and you, but not you, you, and you until I get up a team over here so that we can attack and overwhelm. No, it's a common discussion. And it's all got to be arbitrated by the Scripture, by the words of the Bible. Because this is the final truth. This is the final answer. Shepherds feeding themselves. Waterless clouds. We've seen a lot of those. Waterless clouds swept along by the winds. Thankfully, we've had some clouds with water recently. Bless God. Fruitless trees in late autumn, twice dead, uprooted. Wild waves of the sea casting up the foam of their own shame. Wandering stars for whom the gloom of utter darkness has been reserved forever. This is how we recognize the people that are coming in like, like wolves in sheep's clothing. These people that deceive and, and the people that are, have an agenda that is not the agenda of Jesus. They do not have a kingdom mindset. They're, they have something selfish in mind. We don't always know what it is. We don't even know if it's intentional sometimes. But the enemy is using people in the body of Christ to cause and sow seeds of dissension. Be on guard, church. This is what this whole letter is about. It's for us to guard our hearts. Verse 14, it was also about these that Enoch... The seventh from Adam prophesied, saying, Behold, the Lord comes with ten thousands of his holy ones to execute judgment on all and to convict to convict all the ungodly of all their deeds of ungodliness that they have committed in such an ungodly way and all the harsh things that ungodly sinners have spoken against him. God's coming to judge. And those that are in the church and... and and some pulpits across this country, you know, he's a loving God, but he's going to get them, those that tried to, to sneak his people, his sheep, away from them. Be on guard, church. Be on guard. Here's some other signs of what to look for. For these people, these wolves in sheep clothing, they are grumblers. I don't like that. Sometimes I grumble. Just ask my wife. Malcontents. People that aren't ever satisfied with anything. Following their own sinful desires. Well, you know, God wants me to do this, but, you know, He doesn't really care if I do that. Just this once. Or... Yeah, the Bible says I shouldn't do this, but you know, everybody's doing it. So it must be okay. Mm, No. They're loud-mouthed boasters, bragging about stuff. (laughs) You know, if you ain't got Jesus, I don't know what you got to brag about. Because if you ain't got Jesus, you ain't got nothing. If you don't have Jesus, you don't have security. If you don't have Jesus, you don't have peace. If you don't have Jesus, you don't have joy. If you don't have Jesus, all you got is gloom, despair, and misery. You can be the richest guy on the planet, but if you don't have Jesus, you might as well have nothing. Story after story after story has been told about about the people that get more and more and more and more, but inside they're just empty. And people that, not just people that have a lot, but people that just disobey God and his word, and they keep doing it, doing it, doing it, thinking, you know, if it feels good, do it, or grab all the gusto you can. And then they wake up the next day and wonder why they feel guilty, why they feel used, why they feel depressed. And it's because they ain't got Jesus. Jesus. Jesus is the way. And the truth and the life. And no man comes into the Father except by him. Anybody ever heard of a guy named Charles Spurgeon? He was a, of course you have. You're a preacher. <laughs> he was a, they called him the Prince of Preachers way back in the day. Back in the 1800s. And I'll misquote this. But he said the truth is like a lion. Who needs to defend a lion? You just let it loose and it defends itself. What God has done for you and changing your life with this gospel is the truth. You really don't have to defend it. You just let it loose. You just tell your story of what, how Jesus changed your life. Let that loose and see what happens. Let it loose. You don't have to defend a lion, y'all. Lions will eat you. So... Then he gives us a call to persevere, verse 17. But you must remember, beloved, that's a great preacher word. Beloved. I've preached for three months and I haven't used that word yet. Beloved, this is my last Sunday for, for a little while, for a season. And I had to say beloved before I stepped down. And I've loved every minute of it. Remember, beloved, the predictions of the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ They said to you, in the last time, there will be scoffers. Following their own ungodly passions is these who cause divisions. Worldly people devoid of the Spirit. That means they ain't got no spirit. But you, beloved, building yourselves up in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in the love of God. There's that L word again, love. Waiting for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ that leads to eternal life. And have mercy on those who doubt. Save others by snatching them out of the fire to show mercy with fear, hating even the garment stained by the flesh. Okay, we want to go after the lost, but we want to be careful. We don't, if the battle belongs to the Lord, but we can't go by ourselves all the time, we need to go into battle with somebody that's covering our six as they say in the military shows. We want somebody to go into battle with, lest we be snatched in, lest we be tricked, tripped, or ensnared. Don't don't go into battle with the enemy alone. Take somebody with you. And by battle I mean sharing your story or inviting somebody to church that that's not living the life that God has asked us to live, that God has commanded us to live, not just asked us, we're commanded. If it's a brother or sister that's not showing the love that they need to, to show to each other, it's our job. Say, man, what's going on in your life? Let's talk about it because you're not this person. You're, you're not showing the love. You're showing a little bit of stuff that It kind of smells. You with me on that? We've got to be on guard when we're by ourselves. We've got to be on guard when we're, you know, enemy sneaky. We have got to have a brother, sisters that will stand with us, that will stand in the gap when we're going forth to pray for the two when we're going into battle against the enemy. And in that battle, our weapon is the truth. Because the truth, it's like a lion. And a lion don't need to be defended. You just let it loose. And it defends itself. Snatch them out of the fire to others show mercy with fear. You know, we can love the sinner and hate the sin. And when we're, when we're loving on them, we need to be fearful that we don't get sucked in. This is a real-life example. In, the, in some of the recovery programs, somebody might be having an issue with whatever their addiction is, and they don't send just one person to talk to somebody because they might just get sucked in, and next thing you know, they'll have two people to rescue, not just one. That's that's the whole, sin is like that. Sin is just so insidious and, and and it's it's really kind of attractive. Otherwise, we wouldn't be wanting to do it. And I think when we're talking about sin, I'm going to have to boil it down to its very basic essence. Because we can talk about the thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not covet, thou shalt not commit adultery, all that, all that thou shalt nots. And it goes straight to the first one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Because Jesus said on this, on this one, and love your neighbor. That's what all the law hangs on. So all the laws, those thou shalt nots and thou shalt this, that, and the others. If we love God with our whole heart, our whole mind, and our whole strength. I submit to you it would be impossible to sin. So therefore it must be impossible for us to love with our whole heart, mind, soul, and strength. Which is why God sent Jesus to take that for us. So, y'all, it's like the book of Hebrews all the way through. It's all about Jesus. And ain't none of it about me. Because we get caught up in the things of this world and the things that, you know, well, that's, that's just embarrassing. What are other people going to think if, if they see me do this? What are other people going to think if I do that? What are other people going to think? What other people think ain't none of your business? I'm thankful to God that I didn't trip one time bringing this stand-up here in all this time. That was a real fear of mine. It had been fun for y'all. And I'd have got a laugh out of it, you know, after a couple of weeks, you know, after I got over the embarrassment and talked them into taking it off of YouTube. But, you know, we stumble and we fall. And by the grace of God, Jesus is there to pick us up. And he always will. We can run, but we can never run far enough to escape from his love. So my challenge to you after we finish this. Verse 24. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy. To the only God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Be glory, majesty, dominion, and authority before all time, now, and forever. Amen. Aren't you glad that God doesn't change from yesterday and today and tomorrow? Our boss tomorrow might be in a bad mood. Our wives or husbands, whatever you got, might be in a bad mood today. The cook might burn your lunch. But God is love. And he's the same yesterday, and he's the same today, and the same tomorrow. And so I encourage you, don't let the enemy sneak in here. And if you see it, remember the story about the smelly guy at the car dealership. When was that time that he came into your office and he stunk so bad you thought you were going to lose your lunch? Let's call it out for what it is. When it stinks, let's call it out. Don't do it alone. That's all I got, praise team. Let me pray for us while y'all come up. God, we just love you so much. and We thank you for your word. We thank you that it's true. We thank you that it's encouraging. We thank you that it brings joy. We thank you that it brings instruction. We thank you for each person that has received it today. Father, I just ask that you bless the, the breaking of your word, the breaking of your bread today. And we just thank you that you're God and we're not. I ask that you bless each person here and each person within the sound of my voice. That you would bring them back to us safely. That you would just, just open our hearts. Give us discernment. Give us wisdom to seek your righteousness and your glory in everything that we say, see, think, and do. In Jesus' name, amen.